da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Welcome in, man fam, to another movie of the week conversation here. Down a man this week because he's scared. Curled up in yeah, in a coat closet hoping that um, the Candyman doesn't arrive anytime soon. Brian's not here, but Richard and I, the horror movie aficionados of the show, are here to, you know, do our due diligence and duty and and bring you guys a podcast. Well, we've got a special guest this time around. We've got a fan and friend of the show. You might know from the Discord. Mm. Uh, on the Mainly the Mad About Music channel is where I talk to him the most. And uh, we have a lot of great conversations on the Mad About, About Music channel, which, by the way, this weekend was popping off over there when when Richard when Donda, Donda dropped. It was yeah, it was baby. popping in the in the Discord. I was lurking. I was lurking in the Mad About yeah. Music thing. So we're gonna we're gonna avoid talking and just breaking down Donda because let's be honest, Richard, you and I and Pablo together, we could just make that the pod. You know, and we we're could. not gonna do that. Because um, sometimes you just feel like Pablo. You know. Yeah. But speaking of speaking of Pablo, hey guys, yeah, he is. how's it going? Hey man, Pablo, as a lifelong Yeezy fan that you are, how did you freak out when you're? He's like, my next record's gonna be called The Life of Pablo. You're like, well, what? You know, I, I did actually. I was like, that's so dope. That's gonna be forever. It'll be a bit forever, and it definitely <laughs> is. So yes, <laughs> yeah. The only other bit is yeah, uh, PD Pablo, which you have. Uh, Taking a taking in your yeah, PD and fresh and my my frequently uh, chat also. Address, so. yeah. yeah, absolutely. When you spin your and hair, you, when you spin yeah. your uh, clothes around your head like a helicopter. I was going to say only, you're only doing when I'm in building, North Carolina. It, I, don't, I, I can't giveaway. do that in Minnesota. People don't get it. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you can't really come on. Busy cops, and, and I can't, I'm not allowed to parks anymore. So, <laughs> Bazinga! That was for you, Brian. In your absence. All right, so yeah, Pablo's here to talk Candyman, and this is a movie that I've been looking forward to for quite a while when it came to the announcement of this thing. I think uh, early 2020, everyone was very excited for this. I remember when the trailer dropped on Twitter, is very reminiscent of, of Get Out, when, when Jordan Peele dropped the trailer for Get Out, everyone immediately shot up to number one, number one trending topic, and Everybody was just very excited about the new direction for this because this seems like a property, Richard. And correct me if I'm wrong. Everybody had kind of forgotten about, yeah. And uh, kind of came out, came and went, and then everybody remembered it. And it's like, oh man, I remember that from when I was a kid, and I was so freaked out by that. I can't wait for them to yeah. remake it. That's at least how I I felt about it. What's your background on on Candyman, the property, uh, RB? Yeah, pretty pretty uh, into it. Uh, this is that era. There's an era of of horror and slasher flicks that I watched a lot of. And this is in that, that kind of 92 to about 98, um, being a kid and, you know, renting them with buddies and, um, sleepovers and stuff like that. You know, I've seen Candyman a bunch. I've seen Hellraiser a ton. I've seen every leprechaun. I've seen, uh, every, you know, child's play Chucky iteration about 30 times, you know, the, the two, great cinematic gloves of my life are Liam Neeson and Chucky. Um, and so anyway, 
that this is kind of in that wheelhouse. So yeah, I didn't, I missed the kind of like social media buzz when this was coming out. Uh, just kind of in the last few, I don't really keep up with modern horror films as much. I mean, I like many of them. I dislike many of them. It's kind of out of my purview as I gotten older. It's not really part of movies that I follow that much anymore. So I'm always kind of it, like this. I had, I went and saw this today and I had no idea if it was well received or not, which I normally, even if I don't check Rotten Tomatoes, have sort of a general like zeitgeisty feel for something when I go see it. Um, but you don't know was, if, oh, so the, the public opinion on it is good or bad. Right. And then I've since looked it up and it looked like it was, you know, this is pretty well reviewed and will continue to be because I, I, I like this movie quite a bit. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I had no idea. I kind of went in blind. I don't really keep up with my Twitter does not, uh, it, you know, certain things it, it lights up on, but horror films are not one because of my algo. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, this is right in my wheelhouse in ter- terms of these kind of movies. And I, I thought it really, I, yeah, these early nineties campy horror. Yes. Like late eighties, early nineties. That's, that's right. Me. That's the rest Richard. Yeah. That's me. If right I, before, if I, right before horror movies started to become like self-aware and yeah. started to do too much, you know? Yes, absolutely. I like that. Yeah, that's that's my that's my bread and butter on on those. Um, and they got yeah. And uh and then for whatever reason I kind of just fell out of it. But but I when they're great, I still really enjoy the genre and this this was awesome. Yeah, I I thought this was pretty rad, so we'll talk about it more as we go on. But Pablo, what about you? What's your I know you've been uh, Brian said you asked to be on this podcast like 7 years ago or something. Um, so <laughs> we like looked that. in the mirror fi- and said Pablo five times and here you are. So, so I'd love to hear your, your background. So it works. Um, yeah, this is a movie that it was probably one of, as a kid, one of the movies that scared me the most. Yeah, um, spooky, man. It, it, it was, it was just, it, it crossed, it made it, it balanced that whole social commentary and like slasher movie so well that it was, it managed to be a slasher movie, but also be like actually a pretty good movie at the same time. And so um, it was just one of those things also that I, I had kind of forgot about. So when I seen that they dropped the trailer for this movie, or if I think they dropped the poster first yeah. and I was like, Oh, great, wow, great posters by the way. Yeah. Excellent great ad posters. campaign. I think the first teaser poster was just like a hook with like honey dripping off it on a yep, white and background. And the B on it. Yeah. Yep. That was such, such a cool tease. Yeah. That's what yeah, Jordan Peele, I think great. that's what Jordan Peele tweeted out and then Twitter went nuts. I think that's what it was. Yeah, and I had completely forgot about Candyman until then. And I was like, man, I remember that scaring the heck out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> so I, I went back and rewatched it, and I'm very surprised that it held up as well as it did. I mean, a lot of movies from you know the early 90s and early 80s are kind of just goofy and funny, but this one was actually still pretty pretty decent. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my whole background with it. I, ne- I've, I've watched the sequels, but not recently, and I don't remember them because I remember them being kind of bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just remember this one being one that I don't know if I saw up until later, till I was like in mm-hmm. my teenage years. I never really got to see it in the 90s, but it was always one that I saw at Blockbuster, Richard. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. you see the, the movie case and it's like this big I with like a B and it just says Candyman. You're like, what, what, what do bees have to do with candy? And I need to see this movie, <laughs> you know, that's just the feeling that I had. And for me as a kid, you know, the, the phrase Candyman always harkens back to Willy Wonka. So it's always just pure joy and pure imagination, if you will, when it comes to that phrase. And so to make it a horror movie with something so, I don't know, it's kind of like clowns in, in horror movies, you know, something that's supposed to be spring joy when it brings terror. I guess that's 
yeah. always something that is effective. And that's funny because there was a guy at my church growing up who uh, we called the candy man because he would bring a bucket of candy every Sunday and like you know, uh, hand out candy basically to kids, you know, after, after uh, mass or whatever, he would go out in the lobby and, and hand out pieces of candy. And so that's a, that's funny. Uh, every time I hear for the phrase candy man too, I think of him too. So it's like not a, it's not something that, I don't know. It, it, it's a hard sell for me when it comes to, you know, he, he, uh, he, he's there's candy, if candy falls down, you know, like that's, that has nothing to do with any of this really. It's just kind of right. a name. Right. So it, it, it draws you in. And so something that I really liked about the, the first one, it was that social commentary, Pablo, that you had mentioned earlier and they really, really dug into it on this one. That first one, Richard, feels to me, that whole movie, actually, the approach, the 90s, 1992 Candyman, the approach, the way it comes out is, is just a, a direct response to Silence of the Lambs, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> That's what sure. it is. <laughs> like, let's just do that with, yeah. candy, with, the, with the Candyman character instead of Hannibal. And it feels, and like, it feels like that. And Peel's got that particular, now with these films he's producing television series he's producing and 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 then obviously the films he's directing um he has that that algorithm perfectly honed in on or the equation rather perfectly honed in on um social satire and and oh yeah yeah i mean he's like um in a way that no one i think has has had i mean even the real masters of the genre uh, you know there's things that are socially satirical about, say, a Hitchcock, but not nearly to the level of Peel. You know, it's no, not as open. No, yeah. I mean Hitchcock's movies are more about like uh, cheating more lovers micro. more than yeah. anything. <laughs> you know, there's no real macro, yeah, uh, uh, message to to most of them sure. other than be you know, yeah, everyone has their own demons, kind of a thing. Right. Uh, that that that's really the, sure. the the thesis of all of his movies. But you're right, man. He's he's nailed this social aspect and and really he didn't just add it to this movie. He didn't just take a he didn't just take Friday the thirteenth and and add satire, you know? Like he, he Candyman was already naturally satirical. Sure. But what he was able to do is is emphasize that in a really natural way for twenty twenty one, which I thought it I thought it worked really well and and I think let's start with the the overall approach plot of this of this movie because I was confused when I saw the trailer for this. Um, actually, I don't know if I saw a full trailer. The initial teaser and just the fact that they were redoing this movie, I didn't know if it was going to be a sequel, a reboot, what all that was about. But it turns out this is a sequel, and yeah. that was really fun to discover. Going, yeah. Sitting in the sitting in the theater and be like, oh man, I already know about all this stuff and not having to just relearn mm-hmm. some new uh, history or canon based on this, how it just directly plays on that. And I loved Richard that like shadow puppet mm-hmm. show where that, that they did to explain or basically recap the first movie, which I thought was genius to do and set it up yeah, like, a, a, like a ghost story I- or like a fake story, you know, like I heard this story about this lady, you know, and mm-hmm. this candy man, where us, the audience, like we know this happened because we've seen it, you know, and, yeah, and they, them in the movie sure. are just like, yeah, right. That could never happen. I loved that. I love that mm-hmm. too. But it also helped me a ton because I didn't get a chance to rewatch 
Oh yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Beforehand, so it was like it was a great, but also put everything into context. Oh yeah, it, it, I think it would also help you, obviously, if you hadn't seen the original. Um, it was a very very effective device, like and one quick of the, too. Yes, 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 yes. What this was whole the, movie's quick, by the way. It was man. That's the thing about Jordan Peele is he I knows know. horror movies have to be ninety minutes. Yep, you're in, and, and mm-hmm. you're done. And he he knows that, and I appreciate it. So, did you guys see these reversed titles at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, what yeah, was that? I love that. That's that's like the mirror effect, you know? Yeah, because Candyman's in the mirror. I thought that was so much fun that they did that. Kind I, of, I, like, I, I like the movie started, and I was like, I'm gonna have to go tell somebody that they flipped around the, <laughs> the projector, and then when it started, I was like, Oh, thank God! But yeah, that threw me off at first. I was like, What's yeah. going on? <laughs> but I liked that. I liked the you know they showed the reverse buildings, uh, reflections of those. Richard, what did you think about the main building of this movie being a? Uh, a building that's a particular of interest to you and I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I want to almost text you during it. My theater though was randomly, you touch back on what you talked about earlier. Pretty, pretty full. Um, I guess the, the New Mexico clientele are, are, are pretty, pretty into it. So I didn't get a yeah, chance mine was to full text too. you during the theater. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. But yeah, but yeah, I mean that that was the first thing I thought of as well was was you. Yeah, the um we're talking about the I guess Murray or Marina Towers, they're called in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Which you the Wilco, the Wilco know Wilco. from uh, the Wilco album cover. Yep. And uh Richard and I love that love that record. But I was just in Chicago and took a picture of it and sent it to you. Yeah. And uh and then, you know, a week later see this movie yeah. and and a main well, main sequence of the movie takes place in that tower. It's pretty cool. You, uh, it's just like you an are an American. Aqu- you are an American aquarium drinker, so that works. <laughs> yeah, I do assassin down the avenue. As, yeah, uh, so does Candyman. As Candyman would 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 do as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the shadow puppets was really cool. Uh, there's a there's an internet file scene, which is okay for me for a horror movie. At the beginning, you know, he's looking up stuff on Google. Got to Google the Candyman find find out what it's all about. And he finds out that there was a real candy man and he's inspired through his art. What did you think about the art aspect of this, uh, Pablo, and using that as a uh, – I thought that was really unique. Yeah, and it really kind of gave – it gave a little more uh, feeling and emotion to Candyman because – now, you know, we all interpret, interpreted it a, a certain way, and now we're seeing it through the eyes of an artist, kind of a troubled and, you know, an artist who has, you know, a lot of problems or whatever. And so it kind of gave it like a unique spin to it. So we're not only just getting a horror movie, we're kind of getting into like the bones of the horror movie and what Candyman represents specifically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, I thought that was cool. And, and there's always this, cliche in movies you know the struggling artist you know the 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 artist that nobody understands and and i think to use something as truthful as Candyman, which us as the audience knows is true because like again Mm -hmm. we've seen it in the first film uh, to for people to say you're just a crazy artist when he's talking about all this stuff is 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 really fun and it's it brings a whole nother layer of satire to this aside Mm -hmm. from just the the class warfare nature of it. it. It really is the, uh, the artist struggle and, 
and people not, not, I guess not taking artists for their word most of the time because they think they're crazy or, uh, you know, what does this art, what does this art piece mean? And then they tell you and you're like, oh, okay. And like, you just got to roll your eyes, you know? And that's, I think it's, there's kind of a commentary on that kind of stuff here too. in just the context of setting this entire film around a, an artist or, or somebody who nobody understands there's trying to break into the art world. And there's a lot of corruption and crazy people in the art world. Mm-hmm. I liked, I liked the fact that the Candyman character slasher, whatever you want to call him, Candyman himself is kind of the protagonist of these movies. Oddly, it's like yeah. a you're rooting for the slasher in the slasher movies because <laughs> he's only murdering people that deserve it. And that's a great feeling for an audience <laughs> to just see these horrible people get slashed up. It, it it really like you don't turn away nearly as much. I don't. I kind of I enjoy I enjoyed when this the art critic uh or yeah. the art gallery dude just got <laughs> got destroyed. I was like, yeah, yes, absolutely. please. So I think that's, that was, uh, that's diff- that stands most- out for me different than than most most slasher horror movies like you know the Halloween reboot for example you're you're definitely running away from from Michael Byers but Candyman has a, oh, has yeah. a whole different whole different spin on the genre which is which is interesting yeah the shape should part yeah the the Costa did a really great job obviously within the budget but but um, the 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 look and feel of everything that especially like the bee sting effect and things like that were yes were really really well done that was so gross man disgusting and and, hey i'm with i'm with brian we talked about this on the jungle cruise episode because there's like a villain and that's a honey bee guy in jungle cruise enough with the anti-bee propaganda guys bees are our friends right we don't need people being scared of bees now and i understand that this is the movie but like like, plus, you know how many really... sharks were dead because of of Jaws? You know, yeah. <laughs> like it's so dumb. <laughs> and like, let's not let's let's let's. And just a reminder to the audience: bees are our friends. Okay, yeah, absolutely. And, the, <laughs> and the, they're and not quite wasp level, but their nests are delicious. They are. They're very. They're good. Very. I like putting them on a biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honeycomb. Just sucking so, down those eggs. You know, it's a delicacy. Richard. Uh, Richard eats wasp nest. If you want to just <laughs> get a recipe from him, he can fry up a nice, nice little roasted wasp nest for you. My friend doesn't listen to the show, so it's fine. But Crespi Da Vici is what I took down. It. Yeah, I took. I decided. I woke up the other day and chose violence. My friend, I sent him a picture. I've been. I've had a few wasp nests at the house lately, and I've been kind of fascinated by them because they're so symmetrical. But I've been spraying them and knocking them down, and. uh I took a picture and sent it to him. And he was like, what is your obsession with these? And I was like, you know what? This is a great opportunity to mess with a friend. So now this guy totally believes that I eat wasp nest. And so I've started preparing them like with some olive oil and some balsamic. And I take pictures with my, when I make dinner, I made pork chops the other night and I put a wasp nest on my plate with balsamic all over it. And this guy, I think my slow play for the rest of my life is that this guy's going to think I just eat wasps. And uh, it's, it's my favorite. The best line Richard had was, the guy texts back and goes, "You're not eating the wasps, are you?" And he, Richard, texts back, making him feel like the idiot. And goes, "No, not the not the wasps, just the eggs in the nest." Like, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, okay. weirdo!" <laughs> no, dude, I don't eat the wasps, just what, the eggs in the I nest. Up what oh, okay. wasp nest is in Italian. It's like nede de vets best best nede de vespi. Yeah, <laughs> and so I just refer to it as that. Like it's an actual dish. Nede de vespi. 
little oh, yeah he's man. like he, he, richard's like oh man i got this roasted pork loin some nice <laughs> nice side a little little needed vici some some nice <laughs> italian bread he's like what wait what that is an all-time bit that is a great slow play yeah let us I'm know if just... he ever if he ever is like what because I will don't do it again okay. immediately. Like don't no, next no, no. week wait do months. it. Yeah, no, wait no, no, months, months and then just throw it in there and just yeah. something. <laughs> we have a friend. We have a friend. If you if you follow me on Instagram, a few months ago, we have some couples friends, and we go over to their house, and they're incredible chefs, and they make a menu for us, and they write it on a chalkboard, and they have this really cool like um, South American style grill where you can. It's awesome. We have we've had some incredible dinners there. And I was talking to John. He was like, "Just bring wasp nests next time you come over, and we're gonna put them. We'll put them on the menu as yeah, needed to the best and then, and then serve it with like a rack of lamb." And I was like, "Yeah, done." But take a picture of them on the Brazilian grill, you exactly. know, just like with all the rest of the food. Be like, "Man, this is gonna be a great dinner." Yep, I'm in. It will happen. So, well, right after the the art thing happens, people start to. Pay attention to his art, which is funny. It's like when you give context to something that people understand, they'll pay attention and care about it, which is funny. <laughs> you know, like if you attach a murder to a piece of art, it, it ups the value, so to speak, even though it's something completely mm-hmm. morbid that's uh, attached to it. So I thought there was some fun, fun commentary there. And then our main character goes to a library to check out some books, find find out more about Candyman, right? You know, another file scene incoming. Up, oh, but wait. He gets stuck in the elevator and experiences the Candyman in the elevator. Man, I thought some of the mirror effects in this film, the way they did that was awesome. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this Edgar Wright movie that's about to come out with uh, Last Night in Soho, but they seem to do some similar stuff there, but... I've always thought that that was an easy, creepy thing to do in horror movies that no one really does well enough is the mirror, person in the mirror, other person in the mirror, person in the background of a reflection, that kind of thing. This movie did all of that extremely well and didn't overdo it too, where it wasn't the main, it wasn't the main bit, but it certainly was that art house scene. They yeah. they utilized those mirrors perfectly. That oh, was that was great. Yeah, absolutely excellent. With I mean, the, that with scene the, the was movie so screen great. thing, and yeah, yeah, yep. oh, that was oh, that was great. And just the the Candyman himself looks awesome. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's, the, the, it jacket, the hook. hook. Like the yeah, hook yeah. is so yeah. rad, man. It's Anything so with sweet. a hook is so cool. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm very, Big, I, I know you did summer fan. <laughs> oh, I love that. I know what you do about summer. <laughs> for Absolutely. Sure. That was a big one. Yeah, that was a big one when we were growing up, for sure. Yeah. They're, re- they're rebooting that, by the way. I think Amazon, Are they? I think Amazon is uh, doing that into a series or, or something like that. Interesting. Interesting. Well, then, well, I mean, this year it's kind of I, – I know what we all did last summer is we all sat at home the whole time. It's not that interesting. Yeah. Maybe if it's like, you know, – Yeah, maybe they're waiting wait a year. This, yeah, <laughs> wait a year. It's yeah. just about cyberbullying. Yeah, exactly, right? I know what you did last summer. You – Listen we to, made sourdough. That's yeah, all we made did. sourdough, and he watched <laughs> Frasier all the way through twice. Yeah, and Ted Lasso Time came to out. Die. Yeah, <laughs> that was about it. Can't forget Ted Lasso. And then he has that art critic come to his his house, mm-hmm. and she's all of a sudden interested in his work. And then he's like Finley Stevens or whatever her name was. I took a note of that. Yes, <laughs> I like that name. 
<laughs> he tells her to go into the bathroom and and say the the line too. I thought that was yeah. a creepy fun moment. And so here's what really kind of blew my mind and spoilers coming up yep. for Candyman. If you haven't seen the the new version of Candyman, spoilers, big spoilers. So here's what blew my mind, and I didn't see this coming at all, Richard. I guess you didn't either, since you said mm-hmm. you didn't hadn't rewatched the movie recently. Uh, the fact that he was gonna be the baby from the first movie, yep. I was like, man, that's awesome. That was a, that's a that's mm-hmm. such a Jordan Peele thing to like have watched the first Candyman and notice that baby and be like, there's my that's my movie right there, yep. you know. Yep. And uh, gosh, that was such a cool reveal, and I didn't see that coming. Maybe I. I should have, considering I watched this like watched the first one like the day before this one, <laughs> and it's really sad that I didn't see that coming. But it, it just speaks to how great of a of a reveal that was, and how they set this up in kind of a new world, but then bring it right back, like you're in the world again of the original Candyman, which was which was awesome. Pablo, Absolutely. any comment? And I love one thing I want to say, just in a macro sense. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, <laughs> every once in a while, you'll be. I mean, Ocean's Eleven's a great example you'll be watching a film and in the opening credits open and it's like casting by actually i was watching goodwill hunting this morning it's a great thing it's like casting by so-and-so and you go i mean yeah you're i mean i'm not saying you're not talented but you know the two screenwriters are going to have two parts um robin williams had an offer that he could do it maybe you filled in some of the side roles but like it wasn't a huge uh you weren't doing yeoman's work casting goodwill hunting a lot of it was kind of done for you um oceans 11 right it's those everyone signs on this movie like the casting director was incredible there's so many side parts and small parts and people you've never seen before obviously the budget of this is this this movie opened my eyes to so many cool young and older actors that i was not familiar with um, I just want to say that as we as we talk yes. about sort of the grand scope of this, this that was that's really cool. I love when when that happens. This movie has one of the best supporting casts. I mean, it's they awesome. all did exactly what they were supposed to do. The brother was an excellent comedic relief because he wasn't like over you know overly extreme. He was just, he felt like a real person. Nathan Stewart Jarrett was his name. Yeah, yeah, that guy was great. I loved him. He he. They used him perfectly. Every time, you know, we needed a little comedy, but you needed to keep that same uh, that same dark environment. He he was right there. I mean, when they when they went back into the into the house and uh, she was going to get her things and he's like announcing everything they're doing. That was hilarious. But at the same time, I was still like, you know, you guys don't know where he's at. You know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought Brianna was great. Uh, Tiana Paris, too. I'll, yeah, I, I can't wait to see her and more stuff too. She was she was fantastic and ended up being kind of the kind of the main protagonist at the end of the day when the mm-hmm. movie ends. I guess you could say that. So let's get towards the the final final act here. Actually, there's one one more big moment with the bathroom at the school, which was kind of more just like a fun slasher movie moment than anything. And it reminded me of the sequence in the the recent Halloween reboot in the uh, mm-hmm. bathroom of the truck stop or whatever. But um, but yeah, that's I guess you just need some scenes in horror movies that are just people dying <laughs> for no reason. Were, were you guys at all confused by the girlfriend's father, you know, kind of subplot thing that they just kind of brought up a lot, and then out of nowhere you get like a random scene? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but. 
I like I said, I mean, this movie's ninety minutes, so I can't complain that it was yeah, overstuffed right. in, in really any in any sense of the word. But let's get to let's get to the end here, and we find out that uh, basically he is the chosen one. You know, mm-hmm. he's the baby. He is should be the new Candyman, and and this dude tries to make him to do Candyman. Cuts off his arm, puts a hook on it. And that was that was the moment where I was like, I don't want this movie to end, man. This yeah. is this is the word the yeah. direction it's this like is a going. Superhero awesome. origin movie. Right. I was like, this is sick. Yeah. I just couldn't wait for him to stand up and like see where this was gonna go. And and then we get about ten more minutes of the movie. Uh, he escapes, wreaks wreaks havoc, right? Um but I loved the fact that he said, you know, cops are going to come kill you and then um, everyone's going to love this this artist, you know, and and it's going to there's going to be this legend right around it. And then sure enough, here come the cops, right? <laughs> they come in and immediately kill him. And it's like this prophecy has been foretold, right? I mean, the guy foretold that he would be the baby would be the chosen one. He would be the candy man. And then he predicts the next. So it, I guess it's confirming that that guy is legit. If, if anything, uh, but yeah, the cops come shoot him. And then there's a whole nother social <laughs> commentary there. She gets in the back of the car and I'm sitting there. I'm like, Oh man, I hope, I hope we do a rear view mirror or something with this rear view mirror. And she like six, the, the candy man on this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what they do. And I'm like, yes. I'm like fist pumping as, as right when she said the line, like, can I see myself in the mirror? And I was like, oh, dude, it's going down. <laughs> and it did. Um, so here comes the candy man, kills all the cops. And again, it's it's people who deserve it, right? It's, it's you do something bad for no reason, you probably deserve it. You probably deserved it at the end of the day. And she gets out of the car. And this is where I, how I wanted the movie to end which was she gets out of the car. Uh, she f- meets him face to face, but doesn't know if he's good or bad. Right. Because he's the candy man after all now officially. And he looks at her face to face and she closes her eyes. thinking she's going to get slit. And then he like uh, cuts the handcuffs off her. Right. Cuts her free and tells her to run away. And then the movie ends. Right. That's how I wanted it to end, but I mean, it kind of ends like that, so to speak, and in, mm-hmm. in more words than that, I guess, where she does escape and and he tells her to to run and to be you know always be with you and all that kind of stuff, and I'm going to avenge the 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 deaths of of the un, unforsaken and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, I thought that I could I thought it could have been much more like um, quick ending mm-hmm. if it just ended right there you know she gets out of the yeah. car and he lets her free and then the movie ends you know there didn't have to be that kind of epilogue thing which i say if you've listened to the show for a number of weeks or months or years you know i often say that <laughs> i don't like an epilogue i don't like an extended ending i like a very quick boom you know f- you know credits yeah. roll quickly you're out of there you're left on that high emotion where you don't let things kind of calm down at the end, which they do here. So, um, so yeah, that's a small complaint, but 
the overall approach to this movie was was fantastic. This movie was so well shot. I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. The director, Nia, Nia DaCosta. I'm going to have to watch out for her. Holy moly. She's doing the new uh, uh, doing the Marvel. Marvels. Yeah, yeah the, the Captain Marvel sequel. Gosh, she is. Yeah. You got an eye for it, man. There's about, I mean, if if I had watched this on HBO or something, I would have screenshotted it and put it in our Discord uh, right. perf- Perfect Shots channel. But there was like five or ten yeah, times right. in the movie where I'm like, gosh, that's, an, that's a great shot right there. Uh, the way, you know, just the camera. There, this wide shot she had of like the subway station was so good. And there's like very small in the corner. You could see the actual people, like the, you know, the two main characters. Whereas, like, you normally see an establishing shot, you're like, oh, there's the building we're about to be in. You never see the characters, but, like, that small attention to detail on that shot, like, I was like, wow, that that was cool. So, yeah, Nia DaCosta, age 31. Check her out. Somebody to certainly keep an eye on. And um, we will uh, we'll see what she has to do. Marvel already scooped her up. Already saw that. <laughs> already <laughs> yeah. saw the potential there. It's like... Probably the minute that Jordan Peele scooped her up, Marvel started calling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, right. they, that's incredible how they just – Chloe Zhao, as soon as, as soon as the writer was, uh, you know, making the rounds on on the film festival circuit, they were signing the deal with her to, to sign it for Eternals. You know, that's an incredible foresight by them. But, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and grade this one out, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll give this one an A. I really, really enjoyed it this and I'm, I'm excited for a sequel obviously they're going to do a sequel they said this out outperformed expectations at the box office my crowd loved it everyone was kind of jaw dropped at the end with like oh my gosh um so i'll give it a uh i'll give it an a what about you pablo yeah i think uh i really did like this movie i had a few you know a few small complaints just in some of the writing and some of the ways that the story developed um the, but I think uh, overall, I think I'm going to give it a solid B plus. I really did like that Tony Todd payoff at the end. I felt yeah. like I needed that. Yeah. I, just hearing his voice. I didn't need him in the movie, but that just to cool. hear his yeah. voice is like the original Candyman yes. was pretty sweet. That was that was awesome. That was awesome. The, the original like intro to the to the movie. Yeah. Really cool. Richard, what's your grade? Solid A for me too. One of my favorites of the year for sure. So, yeah. It's 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 this and Coda for me are my yeah. are my yeah. favorites. Uh, what did you also think about this? The the text that they use for Candyman, the stylized A's being like the uh, the hoods. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? I thought yep. that was a uh, awesome. obvious, yeah. an obvious callback there to some uh, some other satire. But yeah, man, this was this was great, man. Jordan Peele. It's he's so right. funny because he's so so hard to shed the the comedy image. Like that's gonna like follow him around forever. I think. You know, like everyone takes him super serious as a filmmaker now, but like, imagine if Alfred Hitchcock, before that, he was on Saturday Night Live for four right. seasons. You know, it's so weird to like remove yeah. that part of him from your mind, even though he's doing this awesome stuff. That's yeah. kind of how I feel about it. You know, like the the, the, tw- the Twilight Zone, where they had him reprising or basically being the new Rod Serling. It's like it's so hard for me to see Jordan Peele and take him serious in this. And this con, like seeing his face, you know, because I know what he can do behind the camera, and I'm I'm all about that. But like, just Jordan Peele, the person, I'm just I smile when I see him now, still, you yeah. know. He's just yeah, he's just so funny, and I'm so pumped for Nope. Oh, I yeah, can't, I can't, can't wait, wait Kahlua, for that Kalua again, man. Yeah, just wait, <laughs> just wait. Kalua, another Stephen Yoon too. Stephen yeah. Yoon too. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's going to be good. Okay, that's Candyman. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll uh, tell Brian he can come out of hiding now as we're, <laughs> we're not talking about horror movies again for, for a little bit, but yeah, this was a fun got one. Some Halloween coming in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully get some, some throwbacks in the VIP for you uh, around some throwback movies that are scary. So that'll always be fun. And uh, if you want to be friends with Pablo, and who doesn't? Pablo's awesome and a uh, big music guy too and, and has some great rapping. So if you want to hear Pablo's own music, he'll share that with you at our Mad About Music channel on our Discord. If you want to sign up, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. We've got it for you. Dollar a week gets you all of those bonus episodes. We just released the Office Season 5 retrospective. Brian's about to join us for a little Guardians of the Galaxy retrospective talk. We're going to throw back and talk about Guardians 1 and 2 as we work our way towards Avengers Endgame. And by the end of the year, we'll have an entire MCU retrospective for you exclusively for those VIPs. And that's that's aside from like the, the episodes that we've done already on the main feed. Those will always be on there. This year, these are separate exclusive episodes for them. So if you want all of that, check it out. It's fun. It's a fun time. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. It's where you do that. All right. That's it. We'll see you next time at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're calling again.